The Crimson Court's chamber has gone silent. Draskal's opening statements have left the room in a somewhat shock. As Draskal takes his seat next to Josiah, you can hear the crowd shifting in their seats as they turn their attention to the defense counsel. This is when Astra stands and steps forward. I vow my time, I vow my life, till balance and peace fight those that cease. I hold my tears and show no fear, even when danger draws near. And when flight seems right, I fight those who fright and protect innocent blood with my own crimson blood. This is the oath Captain and Master Scout Flynn Finch Cartwright swore the day he became a Crimson Command Cadet. Today, he stands trial for 17 charges, accused by none other than those whose laws he swore to uphold. While some of these counts may bear an air of truth, some have already been dropped before even going to trial. We, the defense, have prepared reasonable arguments to deny or attest the remaining counts, as well as witnesses to testify on the stand on behalf of these charges. The most important thing to know here is that everything Captain and Master Scout Flynn Finch Cartwright is being charged for today, guilty or not, he has done, not as a quest for power, but as a duty fulfilling his oath to the Crimson Command and the Realm of Aces. Captain and Master Scout Flynn Finch Cartwright's only goal surrounding these charges was to secure Remora's four orbs away from the grasp of those who wish to bring evil and imbalance to our realm. Once you learn what he's been up against, ask yourself, is it truly reasonable to think it would have been possible without causing an imbalance of chaos himself? Thank you. I want to stand up and start applauding. <laughs> Case yeah, it was Order. passionate. It was heart-wrenching. It was everything a great performance should be. In the room, Crimson Command Knights have taken positions. As mentioned previously, they are the only people allowed to have weapons in the chamber. Five unarmed command guards, however, stand in front of the judge's panel, equally spaced across the area facing Finch and the two councils. They stand with their feet shoulder-length apart, with their arms tucked behind their backs. The center one, at this point, steps forward. He pulls out a scroll and speaks out to the chamber. Flynn Cartwright! On the count of abandoning post in Erendor, how do you plead? Here is whenever you will either plead guilty or not guilty, or the defense counsel will speak on behalf of that count. Not guilty. On the count of impersonating the guard, abandoning post in Gamor, and reckless endangerment, how do you plead? Uh, on the count of 2A and 2B, impersonating the guard and abandoning post in Gamor, uh, Finch will plead guilty. However, to count 2C, reckless endangerment, he will plead not guilty. On the count of organizing an unlawful militia and torture in the city of Yin, how do you plead? I will plead not guilty to count 3A, organizing an unlawful militia, but I will plead guilty to uh, count 3B, torture. The murmurs from the courtroom begin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 torture.
On the count of desecrating holy ground, how do you plead? We will plead not guilty. (laughs) (laughs) On the count of unapproved occupation of Downland Harbor? Not guilty. All right. On the count of instigating an insurrection, job displacement, and arson in the city of Port Griesel, how do you plead? The defendant pleads not guilty. On the count of creating an alliance with the pirates of Loran and paying for the release of a known criminal, how do you plead? Not guilty. <laughs> the Lord. I'll shit. look over and make eye contact with Kurgle and, and nod at her. <laughs> <laughs> On the count of intimidating an official, destruction of property in the town of Port Griesel, how do you plead? Uh, not guilty. On the count of conducting slave trading, how do you plead? Uh, not guilty? Excuse me? <laughs> On the count of the murder of Chadwick Gate, how do you plead? Uh, the defense wishes to strike that count from the record. And what's the cause? Uh, we, we found the actual murderer. Uh, oh, Draskel looks <laughs> so confused. <laughs> oh, God. And then High Captain Gate stands and says... Another trial will be done to investigate the murder of my son, Chadwick Gate. It is believed at this point that Flynn Finch Cartwright did not commit the murder of Chadwick Gate. On the counts of the Temple of Daloon Massacre, how do you plead? Not guilty. On the count of treason, destruction of the Crimson Command Keep of Chandelin? Not guilty. On the count of resisting arrest, assaulting an officer, and fleeing the scene of a crime within Chandelin, how do you plead? Uh, for the count of 13A... The plea is guilty, 13B, not guilty, and 13C, strike from the record. What is the cause for the strike? Uh, We have paid the fine. On the count of disobeying orders, how do you plead? Guilty. There you go. But not guilty in a quest for power. (laughs) I don't care for the way Draskow has worded count 14. (laughs) This is not up for discussion at this time. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty. But it was not in a quest for power. (laughs) (laughs) However. (laughs) Y'all don't understand, man. Order. Order. We will need order from members of the defense. On the count of abandoning fellow command. Not guilty. On the count of reckless endangerment of fellow command. Not guilty. On the count of domestic terrorism at the Universal Library. Uh, Not guilty. If you were there, you'd know. (laughs) The guard steps back rolls up the scroll and keeps it in his hand. You look up towards the judges and you can tell that each one of them has been taking notes on each count. This is when Draskal steps forward and Draskal begins to address each count individually. And we will be starting with abandoning the post in Arendor. In my investigation of the town of Arendor after Flynn Finch caught right and his vigilantes found their way away from River's End, The town of Erendor was in a mess. You see, vines had sprouted from the center of the town, destroying almost everything, killing almost a third of the city's population. At this point, Beric Bane, a Crimson Command scout, was no longer in the area as he was going back to get the vanguard for further investigation, leaving Flynn Finch Cartwright behind to hold the town's defense. After speaking with some of the town's residence, it was discovered that Flynn Finch Cartwright took it upon himself with this band of his to move into the swamp and try and find a resolution to this offensive attack on the city of Arendor. And whenever Beric Bane returned with the vanguard, 
there was no Finch to be found. Several months later, when Flynn Finch Cartwright returned to Gamore, his report was that he did in fact find balance for River's End. However, the protocol in which he did this is questionable. It is not on brand of the Crimson Command, and I call that this verdict of not guilty be turned to guilty, as this was part of his initiation into the Crimson Command. It is shocking that he himself was able to be recruited in the first place after this event. Draskell turns back to his prosecution table and sits down. I will stand. All right, Felomir stands up. While it is true that Finch did leave the town of Arendor, he was tasked by Beric Bane to secure the defenses of the town. And Finch's interpretation of that was to seek out the threat and eliminate it, which he did, and he did successfully. Keth will stand up at this point. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Finch, uh, 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 Flynn, is it true that you were not a member of the Crimson Command at this point in time? That is true. So then it is true that you were not held by the standards and laws of the Crimson Command at that point in time. Yes, I suppose that is true. I rest my case. <laughs> the whole case? <laughs> 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 oh. All right. Draskal looks at this in confusion. <laughs> Got him on the ropes. Uh, yes, and as Kath uh, was saying, um, Finch was not a member of the Crimson Command at this time. Uh, and when he was recruited, eventually, he faced no punishment for this transgression at the time. Draskal stands and approaches you, Finch. He steps close and places his hand on like, the barricade around you. Captain Cartwright, is it true that Beric Bane had intent of recruiting you? Yes, I believe that's true. And at the time of this incident within Arendor, were you given your amulet? No, I was not. Draskal kind of looks confused and then turns to the judges and says, I wish to strike this count from the record, if this is truthful. I'll fist pump at that. Yeah, I like to think there's like a reaction from all of us. Yeah, <laughs> got one. <laughs> Draskal then walks back to the prosecution table after wishing to strike count one from the record. He picks up a piece of paper, reads over it briefly, and steps forward. Captain Cartwright has pled guilty to counts 2A and 2B, so we will be looking for a verdict on those. But however, he has pled not guilty to reckless endangerment of the city of Gomorrah during the darkness attack that infiltrated the city. According to Magus Werner, the Wizard's Rainbow, Chismrism during his investigation of the Green Orb was interrupted during his investigation of the Orb of Creation, and this was a direct interruption by Flynn Finch Cartwright himself. He then took the green orb out of the keep, out of the crimson hold, and into the clutches of this darkness evil entity. Now, it may seem that there may be some fault in there, and it may seem that this might not be true in its full account, but I question how it could be seen any other way. The way we understand it and the way that the report has gone after the attack was that Flynn Cartwright was taken captive by this 
entity that took over the city. As a trade for his life, these four vigilantes here gave up the green and the red orb after retrieving it from within the darkness. Is Captain Cartwright's life worth something to the measure of these two orbs? The command has an oath. They will give up their crimson blood in protection of Asus. And it does not appear that Flynn Cartwright nor his friends were willing to do that. And that is the call for why he is potentially seeking his own power through the orbs. And he turns and he walks back to the prosecution's table. I would like to stand. (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, I will stand and then notice that like I'm not high enough (laughs) to be seen by everybody. So I want to find like a platform, like like a makeshift, like empty pew or something and stand in it stand on your chair just drag your chair with you (laughs) yeah i'll do that um it seems this man and i'll point to the prosecutor was expecting flynn finch cartwright to be playing checkers but indeed he was playing chess what finch and by proxy me and my co-patriots did that day Saved lives. Objection, that is speculation. Josiah says. Objection sustained. Look wide eyed at you. Well, actually, <laughs> I do have another way of, of proving the intellectual prowess, just how many steps ahead this man is <laughs> than you would expect him to be. Look where my finger is pointing, and I'll point on the to the pedestal where all the orbs are. Would we be in possession of all four of these orbs if his sacrifice was not made that day? I beg this of you. Search your hearts. If he wanted absolute power, he would have taken them with him and not come here. That is all. Uh, I'll stand and approach Finch. Say to him, Finch, is it true that we, being uh, your so-called band of vigilantes, uh, exchange the red and green orb for your life. Yes, that's correct. Did you willingly accept this exchange? Uh, no, no. Uh, I believe, in fact, I, I had handed both orbs off to Astra and told you guys to run. Uh, yes, I believe you, you begged us not to exchange them for your life. Correct, yes. Uh, no further questions. Draskal then stands. Captain Cartwright. Giving up your life for the orbs hmm. seems noble. Why is it that your friends wouldn't follow that command? That doesn't quite seem like a question for me to answer. You have no answer for that? I think they might, but no, I don't. Is there a history that maybe leads you to hmm, seeking anything? Seeking the orbs? Sure. Well, it was my mission. And what made this your mission? Uh, I believe Captain Gate, along with maybe uh, some inherent abilities I seem to possess. I believe that the report of Captain Gates is that he did not give you the mission to collect the orbs until your exit of Gamor. This was before your initiation, before your boot camp. What was it that led you to seek the orbs in the first place? Balance, the amalgam, peace on Asus. I mean, as we talked about in the Erendor, that was when I first came across the 
my first major imbalance and where the first orb revealed itself to me. The first orb appeared in Erendor, you're saying? No, no, not in Erendor. Duelwood. And this was outside the Temple of Annette, is what your report to Captain Gate was after your graduation? Yep, that is correct. So this orb appearing to you, and you collecting it and then wishing to collect the rest of them, what was your intent? I don't think I understand how your mission started, nor do I think the command knows. Uh, Objection? Uh, Beyond scope and relevance, what does this have to do with reckless endangerment? The charge 2C. Objection sustained. No further questions. Draskal steps away. Uh, At this point, Keth will stand up, and he says, uh, Captain Cartwright, is it true that you were in possession of the orb and you willingly gave it over for Chisholm Rizzo to investigate? That is true. Is it true that you found the orb, therefore it would be your property? I mean, I'm not sure calling it my property would be the right term. Would it be more their property than yours? No. When we willingly gave over the orbs to Velmir, the entity leading the attack on this city, is it true that they left? and no longer killed any further civilians of this city. Yes, that is true. Could it be concluded? (laughs) (laughs) And I I look around at the jury. Smart Hulk. (laughs) I was going to say, I have a real Smart Hulk Bob's going on right now. (laughs) Could it therefore be concluded that willingly uh, willingly turning over the orbs saved the lives of countless civilians within this city? I leave it to you, the judges, to decide. I rest my case. (laughs) (laughs) Sit back down. (laughs) There is a moment of time here where it does kind of go silent, and you can see that Draskal is kind of prepping, and all of you are going over your papers and parchments while the judges are also reviewing things and taking notes. And then Draskal does stand, and Draskal walks forward and says to the court, The account to Captain Cartwright and the events that led to Yin, their adventures into Yin, Captain Cartwright saw it upon himself during a couple months' day, I believe it was three months of a summer, in the town of Yin, in the middle of the darkness of Mithran, he here organized a militia of Crimson Command. He built a keep, a tower, on the riverbank within the city of Yin. It was the barrier between the citizens of Yin and the occupying force of Rodan, two governments on on each side of the river that had separation with some years of war over the centuries that the darkness covered covered the land of Mithran, and he saw this as balance. He saw this as a move that the Crimson Command should take. Now, you may not know, but Captain Cartwright has not been trained in the training of other Crimson Command members. Sure, it might show initiative that he is trying to seek balance between two societies. However, the actions that this militia took led to torture, which has been pled guilty. So we will not be discussing that specific count. However, it does lead to this unlawful militia. Captain Flynn Cartwright, 
It is true that you created this paramilitary force within Yen. Yes. And do you have any training on how to train Crimson Command cadets? Only the training that I have received myself. And it seems that this amateur training that you gave your Crimson Command there in Yen? <clears throat> Objection. Hearsay. The training was not factually amateur. He was probably a good trainer. I wasn't there to see. Objection overruled. <laughs> Strike that from the record. Nobody needs to read that. I'm noticing a pattern here. You see the, the, the stenographer like crossing through the parchment that she just wrote. So it goes on to say that this training of yours that was amateur. Draskel turns back and makes eye contact with you. Objection, mm. bitch move. <laughs> <laughs> Objection, Over, overruled, <laughs> overruled, but only because I have to. <laughs> Led to some dark acts by not only you, but these cadets themselves. This was a dark time for the Crimson Command, a dark time for these cadets who have now had to go through new training that has cost the Crimson Command gold that should not have needed to be spent. He walks forward and sits down. Uh, I'll stand. Uh, the defense would like to call Sergeant Donson to the stand. There's a little bit of a murmur across the crowd as a dwarf in, this, in the audience stands up, then walks down the aisle and stands to the right of Finch, looking towards the judges. Sergeant Donson, is it true that you underwent training uh, overseen by Finch here and training again via the Crimson Command? Yes, I have retrieved two sets of training. Were those training regimens any different? A little bit. There were better equipment to use whenever we were training in combat here in Gamor. And the missions that we went on were a little bit more organized. We had uh, people that seemed to... <sighs> he looks sad at Finch. I want to make eye kind of with him, like, and give him, like, an, an it's okay nod. Like, I, I, I like you, buddy. It's okay. That had a better educational approach to the training. But as far as the information you received in your training, it was largely the same? I think so, yes. And do you recall exactly when it was that the Crimson Command made contact with you after Finch and our group left? Yes, after you all left, Yen, um... We actually sent a message to Gamor as Finch's training, and we received a prompt message back, surprised that our outpost even existed, but uh, fair because we were hidden in darkness. I would say it took roughly two weeks of communication between us via crows. And was there any point when the communication was hostile? Uh, did, were you ever addressed as anything other than uh, members of the Crimson Command? No, they, I think, assumed that with uh, Finch's training, we were proper cadets. Uh, was anyone that was trained with you by Finch uh, let go by the Crimson Command? Um, yes. Uh, Grunon didn't seem to succeed. Uh, he didn't pass the training? He did not pass the second training. Uh, do you recall the reason he was uh, relieved of duty? Oh, yeah. He, um, he got injured quite bad during the training. Uh, no further questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're real stupid. <laughs> uh, Draskal stands and places his hands on the table. Due to the already pled guilty of torture, I have no further questions for Sergeant Donson. 
There's a moment at this time where judges again and Draskal are taking notes and y'all are also going over your papers, whispering to each other, murmurs. Maybe you're throwing an awakening mind at Finch every once in a while. You're doing great, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and then Draskal steps forward and says, Now it is, of course, renowned at this point that this crew here has removed the darkness of Mithron. And of course, at first, everyone was quite impressed, quite celebratory, that we again could venture back into the land of Mithron. However, it wasn't but a month later, after the darkness disappeared, and a pilgrimage from Televastral, from the city of Tempia, began their journey to the Walls of Darkness, only to find the light. This pilgrimage was interrupted by not only other than this crew, indirectly and directly at the same time. Because of this, religious sanctums now have to find new ways to show tribute to the Guardian Hanet, the Guardian of Darkness. This has been called for by many across the world as desecrating holy ground. This is not balance. This is imbalance. This is ridding the world of darkness, an element that should be here, a new element, one just like law, the element that Christoph Morningrise himself guards for us, our founder of the Crimson Command. He steps away and sits down at his table. I'm going to stand up and uh, approach Finch. Uh, Finch, were you the one responsible for removing the darkness from Mithron? No. You know who was? Yes. And their name is? Felomir. It was you. No further questions. Cuff him. <laughs> Get him. Draskal stands. He walks forward. He looks at you, Captain Cartwright. And he says, Flynn, uh, whenever you left Gamor on your mission to obtain the orbs, who was left in your command? Huh? Who did you bring along with you to command in the name of our order? You're talking about my party here. My, my friends? The Objection! Leading the witness! Or leading the, the person on trial. <laughs> He's a witness, technically, yeah. currently. He is testifying right now. Overruled, the prosecution's question did not lead the witness. <laughs> well, well, yes, I had Astra, Keth, Doroth, and Felomir. And this was by order of Captain Gate. They were allowed to join you on this mission for the orbs? Yes. Instead of uh, another unit of the Crimson Command? Because you trusted them. Correct. And you trusted them within the darkness? With my life. And they acted as a unit with you? Yes. No further questions. He steps away. I will stand up at this point, and I will say, Captain Cartwright, were we at any point under your command? No. Did you ever see yourself as a leader to us vigilantes? <laughs> as I throw up air quotes. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. No. So we were all free to act on our own free will, not under the will of the command. I don't know if I would go that far. Um, I am still a master scout of Asus and was at the time, and you all were appointed to be a part of this mission. So to, to some degree, I think we do... We did have some responsibility to the command, yes. I'm helping our case, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll stand up at that. Um, okay, I would like to call uh, Fasish a witness to the stand. The crowd begins to murmur as a witness is called, and a small halfling woman stands up and begins to approach 
and stand in the center of the chamber. Fasish, is it true that you are a lesser guardian? Yes, it is. As you ask the question if she's a lesser guardian, the crowd begins to kind of murmur in shock as she answers yes. And um, which lands do you protect? I protect the lands of Mithron. And you were in Mithron when the darkness was lifted, were you not? I was. I was also there when the darkness arrived. The darkness that supposedly has always been there. Well, it's not always been there. It's been there since the equilibrium. Fasish, how would you rate the condition of Mithron before, during, and after the darkness? Um, how would you like to me to rate them? Just to describe them? Yes, please describe them in detail. Well, before, before the equilibrium happened, Mithron was quite a vibrant land. The civilization itself, headed by the capital city of Saravel and the king there. Economically, we thrived, and a lot of magical artifacts were created out of the nation and supplied to many areas across Asus. Uh, even the elves of Lethansis would leave their holy grounds of Lethansis to simply trade with us. It was a thriving time. The darkness, however, it changed everything. And at the time that the equilibrium happened, it seemed a... It's hard to explain. There was a moment where the darkness was engulfing the land, and I felt empowered, as if I had simply learned things I had never known. And I created a barrier for the town of Yin that protected us from the darkness. And why did you need protection from the darkness? It was an unknown magical energy that was forcing itself across the land. And even at the time, though, I, I didn't know what was happening to me or the land of Mithron. It was terrifying. And this power, you, you think it came from the darkness? I think it came from the amalgam. As you mentioned, I am the lesser guardian of Mithron. And it seemed at the time of the equilibrium, I had become the lesser guardian. And my first duty was to protect Yin. So I did. And you protected them from the darkness. I did. And how would you say the condition of Mithron was after the darkness was vanquished? Yin has continued to thrive. It hasn't been overrun with water. Uh, but the land between Bellatul and Saravale has become somewhat of a bog. The land itself has eroded. There are large pools of stagnant water that have nowhere to go. And she looks at you with sad eyes. It's an ecological nightmare. Would you say that this is more of an imbalance than the darkness was? No, but I don't know if I would call the darkness itself an imbalance. I don't know what it was. I didn't. I honestly don't think anyone does. And after such a long time on Asus, do you think that this imbalance that's imposed on Mithron at the time with the flooding and the bog, do you think that while it's now an environmental disaster, do you think it will heal itself in time? I think at this time it would be an imbalance of destruction. The, the land has been destroyed by the water the melting snow, but I do remember what Mithron looked like before, and it was always a vast plain. It may take not just 
natural effects, but we may have to work together as, as Asians to remove this water. And at this time, there are already actions being taken by the WWE from Loran. <laughs> what? Dude, the wonderful wares of Elio. Mm-hmm. That's who I was going to call on the stand. Man, I thought she was going to say the BB, BBPs. <laughs> yeah, the BBPs. I mean, that is who is doing it. Oh, okay. It's him controlling the constructs now. If I may, Astra. Lady Fasush. You call this, what, what is occurring, an, an ecological disaster, and that is what it sounds like, I guess, because everything is flooded. But did anyone actually venture out into the, the lands of Mithron, into the darkness? Did anyone enjoy the ec- ecology of <laughs> the snow that was there? Were there any wildlife out there? Injection badgering. <laughs> <laughs> Compound questioning. <laughs> um, no, we when the darkness first arrived, we did attempt to venture into it to make some sort of discovery about this new wall around us. There was no way for me to reach anyone outside of the darkness. It seemed that where the darkness ended on the or- on the borders of Mithron is where my power stopped, and it wasn't until the lot of you actually ventured into the darkness and I was able to communicate with Astra that I knew that outside of the darkness was the vibrant aces that always existed. So are you telling me that all the civilians of Yen and I guess anyone that was alive in Mithron just thought the entire world was covered in darkness? Yes. So could you say that your lives are better for knowing that there is vibrant life out there? Yes, I think that the lives of, of the people of Yen and the Rodanians that have now left the city of Yen have improved, but that doesn't, that's just the people. The land itself is still uh, rot. Understood. Now, are there bogs and swamps in the land of Asus outside of Mithron? I would believe so, yes. And would you consider those natural? I would. So, what is to say that this is not natural? I don't know that I have an answer for that. Now, these excursions, whenever you would, the darkness first came and you would send people out, did they return? Um, yes, most of the time, or usually all the time, uh, because as soon as they entered, they would turn around as there was no way to know what they were doing as it was pure darkness. They could not see. They could not see. It's unnatural, is it not? To not see? If you close your eyes, is it unnatural? Well, your eyes are closed. But if your eyes are open and it's completely dark, huh? I, I do believe that darkness is natural. Like the nighttime and the daytime, right? Yes, though nighttime is lit up by the moon. Sometimes. Sometimes the moon's not out. <laughs> 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 Relevance. <laughs> Please be going somewhere, Council. <laughs> so, uh, excuse me, I'm getting off track here. Did uh, did you hear about any natural living creatures out in the darkness, like the squirrels or the birds? <laughs> Anything that would normally be there. There was a time about a century ago where a 
the body of a creature that I did not recognize floated downriver into our land of non-covered darkness. So, an unnatural creature, perhaps? Um, at the time, I did not know what the creature was, so it could potentially have been unnatural. But you did not ever find out what it was? I did not. It was sort of dog-like, however fleshy. A fleshy dog. <laughs> <laughs> Looks around at the whole courtroom, a fleshy dog. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. No further questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would, would you say that this creature perhaps was not of this realm? It was not a creature that I remembered from before the dark, the time of darkness, no. Did you see any or hear any uh, accounts of unnatural creatures being in existence once the darkness went away? From the five of you, I did. Outside of the five of us? Um, no, because no one else ventured into the darkness. But even after the darkness was lifted, they didn't see anything? Oh. Maybe a giant crab thing walking around or something like that? Objection, leading the witness. <laughs> like to call the two fishermen from that, from that, <laughs> yeah. from that 15 minute short. Because yeah. <laughs> we're the only, she just said, we're the only people. Objection sustained. Mm. What does that mean again? Oh, never mind. Were there, were there, any sightings of any unnatural creatures outside of the five of us once the darkness was lifted? Yes, there was a flying creature that I did not recognize. A flock of them was flying through the air, and as the darkness was removed, I just so happened to be watching, and their bodies disintegrated as the sun's rays touched them. Now, your honors... Have you ever heard of a natural creature of Asus that disintegrates from the touch of sunlight? The judges would direct the defense's counsel to not address the judges directly. I rest my case. <laughs> I said back now. <laughs> Draskal steps forward. I have no further questions for the witness. However, I will say that the account is not in regards to the conditions of the land as much as it is desecrating holy ground. The darkness was removed, that is proven, and the followers of Hanet no longer have a route for their pilgrimage. The religion surrounding the guardian of Hanet and its darkness has been completely tampered with. He turns around and walks back to his table. Draskal then stands back up and addresses the court. It has come to our attention on account to Captain Cartwright's testimony that part of his quest was to retrieve the Book of Vorin. According to his account, they had retrieved the Book of Vorin from the clutches of an evil entity known as Velmir. After defeating this otherworldly being, their mission had shifted from not only securing the orbs, but also securing the Book of Vorin. Furthermore, according to his account, the orbs were being used by Velmir and his lackeys to try and set Vorin free. This testimony becomes suspicious, possibly even devious when Captain Cartwright and his vigilantes venture to the Universal Library to retrieve a possible duplicate of the Book of Vorin. If an evil entity is looking to gather all of these items together, what motive does Cartwright have in collecting them himself? Would it not be wiser to keep them separate, trusting in the command or our allies in housing items for safekeeping? It's hard to believe that the Wizard's Rainbow, for example, could not construct something that could fend off aggressors. 
With this testimony, I believe that it is the Crimson Command's duty and responsibility to not only see the Book of Vorin as evidence, but also to decide collectively as a unit how to protect it. I suggest that at this time, potentially taking a recess if needed, that Cartwright and his vigilantes provide the evidence of this book to the court. He steps away and sits down. I want to look to my companions and just like whisper, like maybe audibly to some people around us, but like not speaking aloud. We can't give him that book. He doesn't know what he's dealing with. Or does he? Hmm. I hadn't considered that. Either way, we can't go for this. Well, just like the orbs, the book can, I mean, take hold of someone's mind. I don't think it's safe to hand off to someone, especially when we don't know their true intentions. This doesn't even account, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah Re- objection? Is... Relevance? Objection sustained. Mm. Uh, we can happily discuss the issue of the book later, but we have many more counts to get through that he's being charged with at the moment. Judiciary Council, I insist that they are withholding evidence on the count of 17. We have many counts to get to before we get to 17. <laughs> I wish to present count 17 at this time. There's no need for chronological order. This is making it very difficult for us. We're going to flip papers. There's a lot of pages to flip through. Uh, I'm still confused on how the Book of Vorin is evidence to a uh, charge of domestic terrorism. Hi, Captain Gate uh, then speaks up. If you are withholding evidence, then we will take a recess for you to gather that evidence. But the evidence must be shown for the trial. If the Book of Vorin is part of your quest, we must see it. All right. I'll open my library right here, right now. Ooh, the crowd says. <laughs> <laughs> you can look at it. You can see it. I mean, at this point, give the people what they want. Like, sure. they, let this mother burn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting for old Draskow to fucking you know, do the old snatch and grab. Gotcha, bitches. Pulls off his hood. He's a mind flayer. <laughs> yeah, now he's in possession of the orbs and the book. Yep. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. All right. So you open up your library and you go inside. The book of Ord is there. I'm just going to pick it up. All right. Nothing happens as you pick it up. I walk back out. All right. I'll hold it up. Uh, here it is. Could you place it on the table next to the orbs, please? As evidence? I'm gonna put it on the table. Is this all the, really all the evidence you got, bro? The orbs and the book, really? <laughs> yes, I'll, uh, I'll go place it on the table. You place it on the table, walk back to your defense council. Draskal stands and walks forward. He stands on the defense council side of Finch and looking towards the judges. He then turns to you, Finch. Tell me, Captain Cartwright. At what point did you join forces with Vorin? Objection, leading the witness. Objection, hearsay. Objection, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Objection, sustained to the first one, not the other two. (laughs) The emotions of your defense counsel seem to be telling me exactly what I need to know. What are you hiding, Captain Cartwright? Speculation. Objection, (laughs) speculation. (laughs) Objection, sustained. Prosecution, you're advised to stay on task. Draskal turns to the judges. Turns back to Finch, walks a few steps forward. He ponders, he looks around curiously. The crowd has gone completely quiet. He steps towards the table and looks at the book and the, and the orbs, turns back and looks to you, Finch. When was it that you turned on Asus? And he begins to caress with his fingertips the Book of Vorin. Uh, objection. Uh, objection. He's tampering with evidence right now. Sustained counsel step away from the book. And as you all defend these claims, 
Draskal has turned back to the book in the orbs, and then he slams his palm down hard on the book. The slap echoes in the courtroom. The room has gone quiet, and as the thud of his palm's echo dampens, every single person has tensed up in the room. And as quickly as you begin to hear the murmuring under Draskal's breath, you also begin to feel the room shake. Draskal's olive skin begins to disintegrate off his body, revealing a pale white skin beneath. His thick, dark black hair begins to fade at the roots, reaching to the tips of his hair. And before you can make a move or speak a word in this confusion, a magical barrier, like the one Velmir used in the School of Planar Learning, pops up around Draskal, the orbs, and the Book of Vorin. The orbs begin to glow as High Inquisitor Draskal, a Shadar Kai from the Clan of Grixolas, begins to try and break Vorin's prison. I rolled it like five minutes ago, dude. Objection! <laughs> what no damn trial? We're not fighting tonight. No. That is not actually damn enough. Fucking new. I don't have to work tomorrow. I don't have to work tomorrow. Let's go. That was, uh, of course. What the actual? You didn't fuck? see that one coming. I knew as soon as that motherfucker crossed the bridge, it was like. My name is High Inquisitor Draskal. I'm, I'm ready for I'm I just want to be like, told y'all. I'm not a mind player. Down and we all die. Like, I'm the good guy. Ha ha ha. Well, all Finch is going to do is not guilty here. I'm going to awaken mind to Finch. And <laughs> <laughs> say, uh, not guilty. You didn't do that one. <laughs> <laughs> not guilty. All right. Oh, oh my God. That's a bad omen. The <laughs> <laughs> gets shocked by Tess. <laughs> <laughs> drops everything on the table. <laughs> In game, he drops all of his all papers of and looks at Get like, <laughs> that's not what we agreed to. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. We didn't talk excuse about me. this. Order. Order. We will need order from members of the defense. No. <laughs> he told me to do it. The guy, this. the guy called the dungeon master told me to say it. Okay, kiss my butt. Just because I'm in finger range, you need to calm down. It's a different kind of darkness. You can't see. It's extra magical darkness. It's the void, unnatural darkness, if you will. The judges will divide. <laughs> That's a blooper. <laughs> the judges would advise the defense's counsel not to adjust the judges directly. Are the judges drunk? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. You want to do that one again? We yeah. fucked up. Don't talk to us. There was a look. There was a lot of D's and a lot of J's. Okay. Like a little, you know, Felomir killed him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bringing that up. <laughs> not only did we remove the darkness, I killed him. <laughs> not much of a god, is he? <laughs> 
He was begging for me to do it too. <laughs> 